Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now, Taz and Paula. Hi, Taz. Are you there? Yes, good morning. Oh, good morning. Well, our guest today is Sheldon Neidl. And from his birth to the present, our guest is an author, lecturer, physicist, and UFO ET representative. Sheldon Neidl has been thoroughly and carefully educated by the Galactic Federation so that he could support others in a journey that no one ever realized we could make in one lifetime. I wonder even if Sheldon knew what was up from the beginning. We'll have to ask him. We're you're listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, I if I'll I'll just highlight some of Sheldon's background for when um, you begin to know Sheldon's work, you realize that he's he has an extensive education in history, the political and social sciences, uh, physics, and Tesla technology, which allows him to bring an astute, rational approach to such controversial subject matters and. During most of his life, he has enjoyed ongoing ET contact, telepathic communications with the Syrian and Galactic Federation of Light Allies. His information is received directly and clearly uh, via his etheric and physical implants. So his information is not channeled. Um, It's very special. Um, Sheldon has visually observed and physically experienced space throughout the years. He is the founder of the Planetary Activation Organization, also known as PAO, with over 2,100 plus registered groups worldwide and growing. The PAO philosophy is to empower the individual in order to transform the world. Well, Sheldon Nidal, we certainly have a lot on our global plate, and you should see our phone lines on the mixing board. It's packed with our listeners. We all can hardly wait to get started and see what you have to say. It's so exciting to have you with us. Welcome. I am glad to be here, and may we have a wonderful hour here and and impart some information to a lot of people. Well, you bet. Well, you know, Sheldon, excuse me, on your latest update, um, you said we have spent the past decade letting various groups of allies use their abilities and resources to oust this vast dark conspiracy from power, all have basically failed in this attempt in spite of the uh, liaisons pointing them in the right direction. The reason for these failures was the underlying false assumptions that form your collective worldview. To get the job done, we are to employ different means and technologies. We are also helping to form groups of government employees wholly dedicated like us, uh, to the principles of the dawning new era. These groups exist throughout your world, and we are to assist them in bringing the prevailing chaos into a new heavenly order. That is um, just kind of an overall view, a little bit of that update. The update was incredible, and people can go to your um, your website at paoweb.com to get that full update. But, you know, we'll kind of um, head out. You know, Sheldon, I wonder since childhood if you've, you know, you've received this information 
about Earth's hidden history and um, on planetary science and culture and spirituality and face-to-face -face contact with galactic entities. Do you know what, what your journey was going to be from the beginning, or was it a step-by-step -step process? It was basically a step-by-step -step process because I was educated when I was very young. They told me things that I was going to do, which I've said many times I did not expect to be able to do because I was very shy. I was not the most social-oriented person. I've never really been that way since I was a kid. So the whole process of talking to people like I'm doing right now it seemed to me not only to be foreign, it seemed ridiculous. So it has definitely been step-by-step, step, I would have to say, where they would create incidents or situations and I would move forward in those and I would come out the other end with doing things that I didn't expect I would be doing. Like, for instance, when I went to Seattle, I did not expect that I would be, as in 1992, I did not expect that I would be addressing groups. So it happens in a rather strange way to get from where I was about two decades ago to where I am right now. It's been a a work in progress all the way. So I have considered it to be they, them, meaning Galactic Federation, creating situations and me following them and leading to to where I am right now. Now, were you born with the implants, or uh, when? if not, when were they put in? They were put in when I started doing the whole lecture series. Before then, I was extremely telepathic, and I was able to go up to the ship, so I didn't need that particular bunch of equipment around me. Uh, I could communicate with them directly because I was a very telepathic person. I gave that up in my late 20s because I strangely believed that that would make me more normal and that would allow me to adjust to people on this planet, and I just have wished that I hadn't created all the barriers and blocks around me to prevent me from getting back to that. So I... No, I have all of that uh, materials in me, but I also know it would be nice to be more telepathic. The only people I'm really naturally telepathic with right now is are the uh, people from the Galactic Federation. So it's been fascinating to be in one area when I was younger and to be in another area, so to speak, when I'm much older. So. Well, you know, we put out... Um, yesterday that if anybody had any questions um, to go ahead and email us and I got a question like how are things looking up regarding our upcoming November election uh, will we be having a president and vice president designated to take those seats until we are ready for a healthy replacement uh, in the meantime what will happen to uh, the Obama team and everything so I don't know how you want to answer that. But it is, uh... Well, let me just say this. Uh, we're not supposed to have this election. So if they have the election, it will be a giant surprise to me. Uh, secondly, be under the Nassara uh, things which we've talked about before, uh, the president the vice president have to leave office, and a designated president comes in for three to six or maybe as much as eight months. This then becomes the person who will then preside over a new set of elections and then we'll leave once the people who have been properly set up to become the new president and pre vice president and the new government will then be able to take office. So the process of the president designate, therefore, is just to move us from where we are right now to a point where we have moved beyond this limited conscious uh, society as it exists regarding monies, etc., we're going to head toward prosperity. That's something that we have to move towards. We have to move toward debt forgiveness. Those two things alone, plus the rise of a new currency, a hard-based currency like gold or silver, that is something that needs to be done, and there are all kinds of implications for that. So I see rather than an election, I see the rise of a situation which will force this present government from power and will create the various scenarios set up by what's called NASARA, which is a set of government regulations that was originally passed and signed by the president way back almost uh, a, over a decade ago that is supposed to take over the whole process of how we transition our government from where we are right now to what we're talking about. A whole new financial system, the return of constitutional government, the end of statute law to the rise of common law, etc. 
So that's where we're supposed to be going, and I expect that we're very short. We're very close to some major changes in the banking system, which will lead to all the other things happening. So I see that all happening very, very close, not that much longer down down history's road. Well, we have problems like Egypt did, like uh, an uprising. Uh, no, because what we have here is a government that leaves, and at the same time we have prosperity and we have debt forgiveness. The thing we have not had in Egypt is none of those things. It's just been a typical attempt at a transition in government, an attempt to create something different than what they have. Uh, that is slowly evolving, and the difference is we have a whole system of change that will then be introduced. And as I said, if we introduce with things where people get uh, uh, the end of taxation, refunds, prosperity, debt forgiveness, and a whole new government with a lot of different rules where people will actually be able to interface with their government. So I really don't see a revolt of any sort. I see just the opposite. I see people being extremely happy and very happy to see that this particular system that we've been living under is gone because more and more this system is just imploding all around us. It's losing people's jobs. It's causing people to be more in debt. It's causing situations that are very, very difficult for people to live in. I was just reading an article where they were talking about this last few years has been the greatest implosion of the of, of the middle class life in, in America and its history. So we have a government and an economy that's not working. It's doing just the opposite. To get rid of it and to transform it into something else is, I would feel, would be something that people would embrace. Well, what would happen with the people that have uh, their money invested in the dollar? I mean, their dollars are in the banks that are are disappearing, what's going to happen? Uh, as far as the banks go, the banks are going to change. All the money you have in the banks is not going to be lost. As a matter of fact, it's going to be converted into the new monies. You're going to have more say. You're going to have less fees with banks. So I would say that overall, people would look at all of this in a very positive note. So is it a dollar-per-dollar dollar exchange in the banks, Sheldon? Initially, there will be. What we have to do here is we're working toward not imploding anybody's economic status. We're working toward doing the opposite. The idea is to bring prosperity out, to bring a dollar that is stable, and also to change the entire way in which the dollar operates in the, on the entire planet. So we change it from unfair to fair trade. We change how governments act and interact with one another. We change the nature of how the international financial system operates, both on domestic with the U.S., and with one nation to another. Right now, an artificial wall has been drawn up by the Fed. That's going to go away. What we're going to see is a whole new system of opportunities for people to bring forth more and more monies instead of less. So people should feel a lot better because one of the things with the change in banking laws is that all these mortgages that are causing people to be over, over water and deeply in, flooded in debt, losing their homes, etc., will go away. They'll get their homes. They'll not have to worry about mortgages. They'll All their bank law loans will go away. They will be in a lot different financial situation. As a matter of fact, America will be in the best financial situation it's probably been in since the end of World War II. So we have a whole different situation for how the world around us operates. That will definitely make people much happier. And people will start to read about all of this, see all these various announcements on television, radio, and computers, and they'll start looking at it in a different light. I would expect people will be happy. It would be like a, it would be like somebody just got this so-called 800-pound monkey off your back. It'll make you feel a lot better, and also you'll know you'll be getting more and more income. So, the process initially, as I see it, is just the opposite. Instead of people worrying about things, they are going to be very curious and very happy to know what's going on. Has anybody um, talked to you about what the Bible says? Because a lot of people, you know, I hear talk, and uh, they talk about the book of Revelations, and it's talking about the end. Does anybody question you about that? Not very much. I just kind of put it all in a nutshell. I simply uh, said that the apocalypse has been canceled. So... Um, just know that and go from there. Yes? That's good news. 
um, I was I was kind of questioning um, maybe um, maybe allowing people maybe that haven't heard you before just to to cover you know how how was this matrix created that we became um, uh, controlled by a system whereby you know uh, uh, that just kind of covered every aspect in in controlling people. I mean, even as far as um, money, uh, I mean, corporations want control over, over uh, systems, over every aspect of our lives and, and um, that kind of thing. How, how did this matrix get set up initially? Well, basically, we have to go all the way back to about roughly 13 millennia ago to the fall of Atlantis. Atlantis was real, just as UFOs are real. One of the things that historians and people in government attempt to do is to try to prove that certain basic facts are not true so that they can maintain control. So let's go back to the beginning. Atlantis falls. We're left behind as limited conscious beings. We have an amnesia. We don't really realize fully what we can do or what we can't do. We need help. So a group comes along that's fully conscious but on the dark side called the Anunnaki, or as if we were to translate it from the uh, Sumerians, basically the sky gods. What they do is they then create a myth of creating us. They make themselves into gods, the all-powerful gods. They then create a system based on want, on competition, etc., the system we know. They attempt to create this prototype a few times, People initially, from their amnesia, that not as bad as it was in the first, there's three so-called golden ages. The first golden age is the most difficult for them, and they have to destroy that with a flood. So that's the first flood. And then they move along, and they find in the second golden age that things don't work. So then they do fire again. And they get all the fire in, and then finally they have to do it again. And they promise that this will be the last time they destroy civilization by fire. Now, why were they destroying all these civilizations? Why were they using flood and fire to destroy civilizations? Because the Anunnaki discovered that even in our confused amnesia, we had basic pictures of the other reality, which is the reality when we are fully conscious beings and we don't have to worry about people playing gods around us or manipulating us, etc. We did not accept this. We rebelled. We had tried and best we could to recreate what had happened before the uh, fall of Atlantis. And so what happened to us was each time they they basically destroyed us, tried to manipulate us even more. Now at the beginning of all this, let's do an aside here, heaven had given them a dispensation to do this for a certain period of time, but they had two basic fundamental no-nos you could not do. One, there is within us the way the Atlanteans set up our limited consciousness, they had the ability for, for our limited consciousness to be reconstructed. So all that stuff in us, all this detritus, as was called later by the people who discovered RNA, DNA, Crick and Watson back in the 50s, what they discovered was that most of our RNA, DNA is sitting there unused. They called it junk DNA. They thought it was some remnant of evolution. So... They didn't fully understand that. So this was the first thing they said that the Anunnaki could not do. They could not mess with that. They had to keep it as it is because at one time, this was part of the prophecy, we would be returned to being fully conscious. They would need that stuff to reconstruct us. So we, they couldn't mess around with that. The second thing that they said was that they could not lead us too far down the wrong path, which meant we had, they had to keep some semblance some allowance of what was called the essential heavenly laws, that some of this, no matter how they manipulated, some of this had to be there for us to remember certain moral aspects about who and what we were. So these were the two things that they kept. And then the third thing that they did was they said, we are going to monitor you, and if you attempt to mess around with the first two things more than was given you in our dispensation, we're going to intervene and change everything. So Michael came in, Archangel Michael came in and gave a prophecy. He said at a certain supreme right moment, all of this would change. And not only here on planet Earth, but throughout the entire galaxy. 
So this galaxy, even though it was now turning to dark with the uh, the group that they then set up, the Anchara group was a part of a larger group, which was simply called the Anchara Continuum. And so this continuum's job was to move this darkness across this galaxy, but it also had to agree to the Michael prophecy that at one time Anchara, the contingency, the whole group, would change and would tell all of those within its group of peoples, called Anchara's children, which are all the various dark alliances and groups across the galaxy, that they would have to shift. So this was all set up for some right time. The time we're in right now is this time. So what is happening right now is Inchara has already, in 95, changed sides. The Inchara continuum no longer is out there producing all this dark stuff and all this talk about galactic wars, etc. The second thing that happened was the Anunnaki themselves, seeing the change happening, said at the same time that we're changing sides. We're becoming good. We're not going to continue all of this. But the groups they had set up on Earth over these 13 millennia to run this planet under their control refused to let go. This is what we now call the Dark Cabal. This group refused to change everything, as was told. So they had their masters and then the grandmasters, you might say, the Inchar Continuum and the Anunnaki, telling them to change. They decided not to. They thought that somehow they could create something. Now, heaven saw all of this and knew that it was changing this world. A vast program of consciousness shift in our world was underway. It was affecting not only our planet's surface, it was affecting each and every one of us. We were getting new RNA DNA, which was causing strands to change. This was notified by the geneticists who, in 1995, saw so much of this change going on that they were worried. They thought the next great disease was about to happen and then it was a super serious one but this wasn't a disease this was a great gift happening this has brought forth things like the, like the, for instance the crystal children what is happening on this planet is that we are shifting but not only our RNA DNA is changing what is also changing is our light centers our chakras in our bodies the energy centers that make up who what we are so our bodies are shifting because of that Consciousness is rising in this planet. More and more people are turning to the light. More and more people are understanding that the basic aspects of how our history was put together, the basic aspects of who and what we are as defined in various manipulated religions is wrong. What is needed is something different. So what is therefore was set up was we need to bring a group in to help us oversee this from the physical aspect. And this is the Galactic Federation, who are basically physical angels, or fully conscious beings, where we're to return to. Their job was to oversee a change, which is what First Contact is about, and to mentor us back into being fully conscious beings. So what they have been doing is discovering that over all these millennia, there are groups of beings called Ascendant Masters. They are people who have dedicated themselves to the light and have through generations upon generations of change have worked themselves through the various difficulties created by producing limited conscious beings, going through all the various resequencing using prayer, extreme prayer, extreme manipulation of energies that they learned from generation to generation to become immortals and to become beings that were then able to be guides who had lived the life on this planet and were now willing to use this energies, this knowledge, this wisdom to come together and create a shield around this planet. So what they have created is a spiritual network. This spiritual network has created secret, sacred societies. These societies work underneath the openness of society. They they understand what their job is to teach, to mentor, to bring in new initiates. That's what they've been doing for thousands and thousands of years. So the result is... The amount of Ascendant Masters who pass through these secret sacred societies has moved from tens to hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands. We have tens of thousands of brotherhood and sisterhoods running throughout the Ascendant Masters of this planet alone. These groups have come now to this planet, plus all the brotherhoods and sisterhoods, the Ascendant Masters of other worlds, to help these Ascendant Masters of our planet to be vanguards to help for change. 
They needed assistance. They needed some group above them that had the technology and the other stuff needed to make the Ascendant Masters work more efficiently and more powerfully because the people in charge, the minions, and that time the Anunnaki, were ready to use their positions of a supreme authority to try to squash anything on this planet. So the so the first contact teams came in in the ni- early 1990s and have stayed here for the last 20 years. What we are doing right now is the end time of this vast change. So what is happening to us is we are in the midst right now of the final stages of this, what many people on this planet call the great shift. This great shift is now reaching a crescendo, and we are very close to the first real great manifestations of events that are going to lead to the rise of this new reality that I've been talking about and a lot of other people have been talking about. This is not something new. Great religious teachers over the past few centuries have come forth from from the East as well as from the West. And what they have done are two things. They have talked about this great prophecy, this great period of change, this golden age, and they have also talked about a second thing, which is that the universe is now shifting all life on this planet to become one with this new age. We are about to join into this new reality. And so that's what's going on our planet right now. We are now in the midst of all of that. The the banking system and the and the other stuff around it that create this financial system are now getting ready to shift and we are very close to seeing the first series of shifts that are going to cause a lot of change to occur on this planet. It's not that long off. So we are close to it, and that's really all I can say because the actual timing of it has to stay below the surface till it occurs. Now, Sheldon, you also, um, I, I have a question. You said the new RNA, DNA. Um, how is that transforming our bodies? Does it go by vibration that helps change these aspects? How is this really happening that our DNA is changing? Okay, let's go back to the beginning. Okay, Watson and Crick... 1952, 1953, they discover this helix. They discover as a part of learning about this that it is the building block of all aspects in the nucleus that create all the cells in the body. So now they understand basically, fundamentally, how our bodies operate in a very, very simple, basic way. They see the key to it is the RNA DNA. RNA is, is simply the stuff that is the building block that comes together to form the uh, RNA, I mean the DNA, that is the actual the stuff that makes the cell structure. So they see how the RNA combines to create the DNA. They see how the DNA creates these helixes. They see how these helixes come together to create these sequencing and genes and how all these sequencings determine how everything in our body gets created. But they see that when you look in the cells, there's more stuff there than just this helical. Matter of fact, they discover that over 90% of all the genetic stuff is inert, quote-unquote. They think it's just the detritus, that's their initial concept. It's just the detritus of past lives. In other words, it's some evolutionary stuff just like an appendix. It's just there. It doesn't mean anything. They find out and over the next 30 years, geneticists studying this stuff that they now discovered learned that suddenly it's waking up, and it's doing something more. They have a process which is called encodement, which means when when this DNA talks to one another. This is encoding cells and RNA DNA. They suddenly discover that the encodements are increasing, and that the source of these encodements is this quote-unquote junk DNA, they are confused because they can't understand it. It's a, it's against the whole process of what they were initially believing. And they suddenly discover that when you look at the new children being born, that the amount of active uh, DNA within their genetic structuring is increasing. And they learn that when you get around these kids, they suddenly can activate your DNA. And suddenly they learn that adults who have been activated, when they go near other adults, they get activated. This is when they think that it might be another great disease. But if it's a disease, it's a good one. 
It's about consciousness. So since the 1980s especially, we have been moving at exponential rates where our RNA DNA, in other words, our genetic structuring, is shifting, and it's shifting upwards. Scientists who are discovering about the planet also learn something else. They learn that the basic patterns of how this planet operates, that its basic structure, its basic resonance pattern is moving upwards. So suddenly the base resonance pattern of our planet is moving upwards. The base resonance pattern, based on the changes in our RNA DNA and the changes within our bodies, are moving upward as well. So what is happening is science discovers that there's this thing going on that some stuff is coming into our planet and it's creating changes in events. Now, they don't know exactly what this stuff is. They have basic ideas about what it is, that it's something related to consciousness, and that it's causing a change in everything around us. People who are studying physics are also learning that there are a whole host of things that they are discovering about the nature of how quantum physics operates and how it relates to what physics is doing. So suddenly we're seeing a need for a new paradigm shift in physics and science in general. We're seeing a change in our biology. We're seeing a change in the basic way our planet operates. And not only that, it's changing everything in our galaxy. So by God, something is happening. Something incredible is happening. And if you take all the different aspects of science and all the different aspects of biology together you suddenly find when you look at what's happening in the medical world, which you find out what's happening in the biological world, which you find out what's happening in the astrophysics world, and even in subatomic physics, suddenly a whole host of things are happening that are causing a massive shift towards something. And then you look at from a biblical aspect and you look at it from just a aspect of looking at philosophies from both past to present to future you see predictions about a rise in consciousness. Suddenly people in India, various religious people in India, are moving into the West and are explaining things. Suddenly people, especially the younger people in the West, are accepting all of this stuff and are looking at this as a change. So now there's a bunch of people which we now call searchers in religion, searchers in philosophy, attempting to discover what is going on. So now we're having a religious shift, we're having a consciousness shift, we're having a science shift, we're having a physical shift in our own bodies. So now we discover that our entire world is changing. Now people are not only looking at this, they're looking at corporations, they're looking at government, they're looking at how our society operates. And suddenly we see a need for a societal shift. And that's what's going on in this world right now. And it's it's exponential in its change. And the amount of people that are adopting this as a priority is likewise going up. Every new generation of people on this planet, over the last 30 years especially, has moved in one direction. That one direction, very simply, is to understand that there is this vast change going on and to accept it and to see it as something positive. They look at the sudden influx, especially starting in the late 40s, when it's reported for the first time, that there are indeed people coming from off-world who are looking at us and who are a part of a great change. And so more and more, the Galactic Federation becomes a part of what's going on. Example of that to me is Gene Roddenberry in Star Trek and all the stuff that he imparts in the various series that he creates, as well as in the movies. And that, of course, affects entertainment as well. So we see changes going on, not only in this world, in terms of looking at government, looking at what's going on around us. What's also happening here is everything else around us is changing. So we are in the midst of a vast shift, and this shift is now reaching a crescendo. Our world can no longer tolerate the old way governments operated. They can no longer tolerate easily how dictatorships operated. It can no longer tolerate rising poverty. It can no longer tolerate lack of prosperity when our world is actually able to easily bring forth an immense and permanent prosperity and can change the whole nature of how our societies operate. That now is no longer looked upon as a potential maybe. It's now looked upon as a positive yes, 
And that's where we're moving towards. So our entire planet, our people, how our people look at our society operates, and all the scientific, philosophical, and other aspects are all moving in one direction. That one direction is towards a new world and a new you. And that, of course, is the big topic on our planet right now. And as we look at this and we see the vast decay occurring in the old ways, in other words, government is not working, economy and financial systems are not working, people are, are questioning how the so-called philosophies, religious and otherwise, ha- operate, we now see a world looking actively for a change and accepting the fact that there are other ways of doing things and looking for guidance, not only from the traditional ways of of heaven by looking inside, but also asking fundamentally, help us to change. Bring forth, heaven, those things as promised. And that's where we are right now. We're in the midst of all of this. People are in anticipation of change. One of the largest things you will see when you ask people questions about it, what do you see in the future? And people, 77% of people in the world say, Something is about to happen, and it's something wonderful. So people are seeing a positive change, and people are seeing that it's close. So the entire world is anticipation of change. So as I look around at all of this, and I get information from the Galactic Federation, and and I just look at it from the various backgrounds that I have, I I can see by just looking through the Internet, hearing the various uh, things told to me, I can understand just, indeed, we are now at the very edge of change. And this year, 2012, is, which the mind, strangely enough, looked at at the end of this year as being a change in time, is not only a change in, let's say, worldview as an aspect of time, but it's also a vast change in how the entire consciousness of this world operates, in other words, world civilization. So that's where we are at right now. What's our responsibility? I mean, we can't just kick back and, and just let someone else take it and um, help us. I think we have a big responsibility to do right. something ourselves. This is so, something. This is something the Galactic Federation has emphasized from the beginning. This is not a rescue mission. This is to help mentor us and to give us those aspects that are required to help us get there. But the ultimate responsibility for all of this sits with all of us we have to prove we have to show we want to be responsible for and we have to show that we indeed are willing to accept our right to change and to change positively and drastically and consciously well there's there's a lot of groups that are forming and because of the internet they can form globally that's coming together and creating love and creating um a shift just being uh, doing things as a group. So I see this happening all over. This is part of this uh, procedure that we're talking about. Situations have been created because this is the time and the prophecy said this whole time is when this vast shift should happen. So what is happening? People are adopting the rise of seeing the importance of light and love in how they operate in their world. People are seeing the falsities of how our economic system operates and destroying our environment. People are beginning to see the planet not just as a giant mud ball, but as being a living being and therefore having certain rights, as well as all conscious creatures having certain rights as well. We do not just have rights and everybody else doesn't. So as a result of all of that, we are beginning to see the degree of responsibility that we have as guardians of this world and to see that we are indeed the remnants when we were physically fully conscious beings of the responsibility of unfolding and being a part of the creation of how the Creator has set up to unfold physicality. So we see that. We are accepting that responsibility, the immensity of it. We are seeing that it requires us to have certain abilities that we do not possess except in a very latent manner right now and we wish to manifest that and that's what we're all busily doing right now you can read prophecy after prophecy you can read message after message you can see on the internet website after website dedicated to the whole process of the consciousness shift 
people more and more are understanding the importance of this, they are also understanding the importance of contact in this whole process. We have responsibilities, indeed we do. We have certain things we can do, but certain other things that are part of all of that, we need help in, and we understand that, we accept it, and we ask for it. We ask for heaven to send holy, sacred messengers, holy, sacred beings to allow us to change. And this is indeed what heaven is now doing. That's what the Galactic Federation is doing here. That's why they are using their various technologies, etc., to cause change to happen and accelerate it. Because we've now reached a part, as the Mayan prophecies, for instance, state, we are reaching a point at the end of 2012 when all the timelines, all the possibilities of this planet merge into one, which is the creation of this new golden age. So we have now reached a point where those who are attempting in some way or another to delay this or to prevent it no longer can see around them any way to really do this. Yet there is in them a kind of arrogance saying that we have a right to do this because we have all this power right now. But all this power that they see around them all this wealth that they have produced is all about to go away, and it's about to change. We are now in the aspects of the seeing the immense crumbling of this group, and it will start slowly, and then it will become something else. Let's just look at the fall of Eastern Europe and of communism in, in Russia. It started in 88. It took three years to reach all the way to the Soviet Union and destroy it, but it it did. For once, people stood up and did not meet as they met in, in Prague in the late 60s or in Hungary in the mid-50s. They did not meet with suddenly with tanks and guns destroying and dispersing these crowds. They stood up, they asked for it, and by God it happened because it was the right divine time. We are now in that same position worldwide. We are asking for change, and people are standing up and even amidst all the violence that's happening in some parts of this world, are demanding it. We are seeing change. For some strange reason, the most oppressive government, with the exception of Korea and Asia, which is which is Burma or, or Myanmar, as it now likes to call itself, is going through a democratic shift. We are having things happening where, even in communist China, the Chinese uh, Republic of, of the mainland, is working hard underneath itself to destroy what it's about. In other words, it's falling apart. It understands that. More and more, people who really look into the aspects of how the structuring of this world operates are seeing that the old structure is falling apart. But it's falling apart from the inside out, not the outside in. So you don't really see it yet. It's just like a decaying structure. You see a mighty structure, and it seems to be something that will last forever, but the steel and the concrete inside that holds the building up is decaying. The concrete's crumbling. The steel is turning to rust, and at a certain point, it will fall down. That's where we are right now. That's why Eastern Europe fell down. That's why the mighty Soviet Union, the other half of the Cold War for decades in this world, fell down. It's now a reality that we talk about in a past tense. Same thing is going to happen to, to all these governments around this world. What is happening on this planet is that that internal structuring is decaying. The financial system is falling apart. People who really know what's going on financially realize the immensity of the debt and other things that are piling up every day that are making it more and more difficult. It's it's almost like you have this super powerful Hercules-like guy and you keep piling these tons of things above him. Sooner or later, he's going to fall down because he has a maximum stress that he can use with his muscles to resist the weight. At a certain point, that resistance fails and he falls down. And that's what we're moving. We're reaching the point when all this will crumble. That's what's happening right now and it's not that very far away. Now, are any of these messages, messengers uh, working within our government right now? They're everywhere. People inside of government understand what's happening. Many people who work daily in government understand the nature that this government no longer works in any way to support what it's supposed to be about, which is 
we live in what's supposed to be a democratic republic, which means that we listen to the people, we have elections, etc. Elections aren't elections anymore, they're selections. Government doesn't work because it lo- reads what the people have to say and go. It's It's not that way. It's become just the opposite. It's basically a kleptocracy. It's a government that lives for the for the thieves, the special interests, and works for the thieves, the special interests, not for the people. This is what caused the downfall of France in the late 18th century. This is what caused the revolution in the in the later part of the 18th century in North America, which led to our country being born. What is happening here is that the reality that we see around us is going to change. If you were to look at the world in 1770 from the outside, you would have said that if I was to tell you that in 20 years that the colonies of America would be independent and that France would no longer be a absolute kingship, you would call me crazy. Yet the same thing with the Soviet Union. If you'd said the Soviet Union in the early 1980s was impregnable and then in the, a decade later it would be gone, you would also be called crazy. What we have to realize now is that things that seem impossible or crazy are about to all occur again and that these are going to cause a massive change in how we look at our world and in, and the change in consciousness. And this is what is really going on right now. We are in the midst of the greatest shift in the world that's ever happened. We have around us right now the greatest people-to-people revolution in the entire history of our planet occurring. And the thing about it is people are not allowed to hear about it. The mass media is not hooked in for obvious reasons. The powers that be in this society don't want us to know about it. So when Mexico was having and is still having this massive shift in what's going on in, within the country, you couldn't hear about it. When Iceland changed everything, you didn't see that in the newspapers. The, what is happening here is we are changing, people are waking up, but it will not be reported. So what we have to understand is until this really manifests, the media we listen to on television, for instance, will not be reporting this. Basically, the revolution will not be reported until after it's happened. And we have to understand that. You mentioned Mexico. Uh, what's happening in Mexico that we're, we're not aware of? For about two months, every day in Mexico City, millions of people were protesting the last election. There was zero information on that in the United States. This was the largest. It was just like like Tahrir Square in Egypt. Was, was anybody telling what was going on in the main square in Mexico City? No, because that suddenly says to people around this world, that a great change is happening, especially in this world, our immediate world, the world that we know about domestically here in the United States. We can't be told that people are actually rising up in areas in the same continent. We can't be told that it's possible to actually do this. One of the things that you will notice when anybody was doing the Wall Street, beginning of the anti-Wall Street movement, it was being reported as minimally as possible. The reason for this is because, as I just said, the revolution that's about to happen on our planet and is happening on our planet will not be reported fully until after it's done. Because what happens is those in power control the media. That's the way it's set up in this world right now. So when they are lo- and they are gone and they are lost from power, then the media will, the new media will explain it. Till then. It will seem impossible. Everything's the same. It's going on forever. All this stuff you're talking about, you're crazy. Then it will all happen. Just as people were talking about in Germany that the wall would not be up in another five years. In 1985, they said in five years the wall would be down. Guess what? In November of 1989, it fell down. It wasn't because of the Reagan administration. It wasn't because of anything going on in the West. It was because the people in East Germany had had enough of all this stuff, and they just rose up, started in a small little town outside of Berlin, and spread all across East Germany. And before it was done, every nation in Eastern Europe had fallen from its communist dictatorships to entirely different governance. So what is happening here is that through the year 1989 into 1991, by August 1991, the Soviet Union was gone. So what seemed impossible 
two years later had happened. And it had nothing to do with anything that we were doing. It was the people had enough. And that's where we've reached in this world. The world's people have had enough of poverty, not being talked about, not being heard, technology being put together and messed around with and changed around those aspects of technology that could really help the life of the average person being put into this suppressed nature, it's time to end all of that. It's time to bring forth new energy, new science, new consciousness, new governance that goes with it, and a new financial system that helps make it all possible and makes it work. That's all happening right now. We are at the edge of a massive revolution that is going to change the world. Well, with the Internet, it's hard to keep this all secret because <laughs> people are getting on the Internet and they're knowing what's going on. Most people in the Internet, when they look at it all, they understand what's happening. A lot of people don't do the degree of research that people need to really do to look at it all. If you did, you wouldn't be so upset about things happening. The the Wall Street crowd, the uh, the cabal and all its related aspects in Europe and the world, understand now that the world that they created doesn't work anymore. They know that new banking system is just around the corner. They know that that's going to change everything. So what we have to understand right now is those in the know know, and it's like Las Vegas, what the know, what those in the know know stays with those in the know. We have to understand the average person has an inkling of it, but if you were to ask the details of the new banking system, as it's actually going to be put together in very shortly, in a matter of weeks, if you were to say that to people, nobody would tell you that. So what we have to understand is the elites know how and what precipitous structure they're in right now. The common people does not know these things because media does not want them to know. So what we have to understand is my funny little phrase that doesn't seem to me phrase is actually what's happening. The no, the no, no, and they don't want anybody else to know because it's, it's a revolution. And when you put something out that's powerful, that causes change, it has replications, immediate replications. They don't want that. makes it more messy. So they don't want to deal with it. They're still hoping for some miracle, which won't happen. This planet right now, needs to change, and it is about to change. Our world is immensely involved with this change, but it hasn't yet manifested. There's still this last little degree of stress that um, does not yet allow it to fully come out, but it's all about to. There's enough cracks in the dam right now that people are getting inklings all over the place about change, and they realize that a new financial system is about to occur. And they realize that with that new financial system, everything else occurs. And with it comes the end to the world that we have, well, that we know. And it's going to end in a positive way. And it's going to change forever how this world operates. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing uh, starting this Sunday, I have a, have a new webinar. And it's just preparing for disclosure. And what I'm going to do is take all the stuff we've just talked about, and enlarge upon it and have people understand the nature of this change and the importance of this change to disclosure and how disclosure is leading to this change. And so we have to see what's happening, and that's what I'm going to be doing on Sunday and then on Thursday evening. So what I would have people do is go to the website and look at look up our new webinar and see this how it relates to all that we've been talking about and. So the best thing to do is just to go to our webinar, which is uh, www.paoweb.com and look it up and see our new, our new webinar. And just look it up where the updates are. And you'll discover that it's there and that I think it'll, we'll be able to expand upon all that we've been talking about today. Uh, Taz, are you there? Paula, can you hear me? Yes, I Paula, can. Paula, can you? Okay, yeah, fine. I can hear you. Well, um, I tried to ask a couple questions and couldn't get in, so I did, thought I did you have to, out. Oh, did you have to redial in? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. So, um, so it looks like actually um, our RNA DNA 
it's kind of like a small ball that just keeps rolling and getting bigger and bigger, and the, the vibration is getting so magnificent that we all these capabilities are coming to people to wake them up. It's pretty special. I, it's very exciting, as a matter of fact. Um, Sheldon, you have something on your website when I looked, and um, and maybe people when they, they go to your website they can can look at it. I thought it was really neat. It's a replica of the um, activational symbol displayed. It's a the Umakdan. Umakdan. Yes. Yeah. Umakdan. That uh, was really neat. It's it's a holographic f uh, form that you say that is aboard uh, Syrian motherships. And during the meetings, it rotates about the conference table, maintaining a field, field of truth and harmony. I thought that was incredible. How big is this on, like, on, uh, on the ships? Well, it depends. Some are huge because ships are big. Uh, the ones they normally use with conferences are not that big. They're maybe if you were to put it in um, measurements on this planet, it would be to use the English measurements, which I'm more familiar with, I would simply say it's about, oh, five, six inches in diameter when they use it. And what happens is it turns into a ball. And what it does is every part is counter-rotating against the other, and it creates an energy that prevents one from lying or being dishonest. And, so it, bring, and it brings a harmony to you. It puts a frequency that allows this harmony to grow. It almost looks like a Merkaba. It does. It does. When you see it aboard the ships, of course, it ha the energies that it has are then allowed to come out, and it has all these neat colors floating around it as well. Hmm. The gold and the, and uh, the silver. I There was a lady that had a question when she um, emailed me, and she asked if if we would need our Merkaba activated before we could actually go to the to 5D. What? Well, the Merkaba is what fully conscious beings have, a, a, a light body that's fully activated. And we will have that after we become fully conscious beings. And so once we have that, we can go anywhere. Nothing travels throughout the universe faster than the speed of mind. So when you're in your Merkaba energies, you are one with your mind, and wherever you wish to go, you will go there almost instantly, no matter how far away it is, in terms of millions or billions or trillions or whatever, Light years. So it, you don't you don't necessarily have to do this or learn how to do it beforehand before going. Is no. that correct? No, you'll learn all of that when you become fully conscious again. We have within us a basic intelligence, a basic consciousness. When you become fully conscious, all that stuff that was blocked in your RNA DNA, all those basic feelings of less than that have acted to prevent you from being your full potential self, all of that stuff will be gone. And when you're fully conscious being and you're living in this full potential self, you are one with the creator. So you have a vast universe of creation of many worlds, of many dimensions that you are one with, and you have a full understanding of who and what you are. You will become one with your immortal soul energies. You will become one with the energies, as I said, of the creator. You are now a complete being of light. You have a mission. You have a full, purposeful concept of where you're to go in each life you wish to wish to live and the length of it. And you then use that to create wisdoms and use those wisdoms to better understand how you are to be a part, part of the great oneness of all fully conscious life throughout creation. And you become a part of that. And that's why I call them physical angels because you then march in lockstep to creating the divine service that allows for the unfolding of the divine plan throughout all of creation. Let's give out uh, Sheldon's website one more time because we only have a couple seconds here. So it's paoweb.com and paoweb.com. Um, Sheldon's webinar is this Saturday, or excuse me, this Sunday, coming Sunday and the following Thursday. Um, you can sign up on his website. Um, also, if you received um, 
our newsletter, there is a link that you can get there. And if you have any problems, I'm sure that there's a way to to um, access all the information through the website. Right, exactly. Like I said, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, you are so dear to our hearts. We are so happy to have you with us today. And I enjoy being um, here. Oh, Thank you so oh, much. Sure. Yes. All right. You have a wonderful day. And same for both of you. Have a wonderful day, and uh, may you may you enjoy all the blessings of uh, of the universe, and may all of us move forward rapidly to becoming fully conscious beings of light. Ah, we we yes. will work on that. <laughs> we have to do it fast. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. I'll just say a greeting in uh, in Syrian, which simply is. Uh, Salamatja, which is simply the basis of full consciousness, which is to always be in joy and be you one in that passion and joy that you are. Thank you. Right. Bye bye. <laughs>